Welcome to the Heart and Home Podcast Season 3. We're your hosts, Shannon, Ashley, and Jessica, and we're here to touch on all things related to marriage, parenting, and everything in between. We want to try and shed some light on how all the normal pieces of our lives can be impacted by mental health and just try and provide some solidarity and community. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of the Heart and Home Podcast. Today is an exciting day because we are introducing a new host to join us on our show, Jessica. Hello. <laughs> you guys might remember Jessica from, was it last season or the first season? Uh, I think it was last, last season. season. Um, she is one of the founders of the Light Up the Darkness event, which mm-hmm. we just had yes. in town. Um, and so she's going to join us as kind of a fill-in host because... I'm I'm flaky. You oh, guys. you're not flaky. <laughs> no. You're busy. You just have a lot going on. <laughs> There's a difference, yeah. right? Do you want to tell us how the event went? Yes, uh, the event the event went really well. Um, Kylie and I were very stressed out just because last year it went so smoothly, and we were so fortunate for that. But we really didn't understand how much weather impacted it yeah. until this year. Uh-huh. Last year there was no rain in the forecast; like there was a little bit of wind, but it felt nice because it was a warm day. This year, it was rain for about like two weeks. Before that, we're like, well, it's going to change. It's no big deal. So then we started taking it seriously on Thursday. So the event was on Saturday. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we actually have to take this seriously now. It doesn't seem like it's going to change. So in a matter of like 24 hours, we had to change the whole um, format basically and flow of how we wanted to do it. And that's why those who were at it this year noticed that it wasn't in the same location as it was last year. Oh. Last year it was pushed down to the bottom of the park so that it was like in a nice contained space and then this time it was more spread out because we still needed to use the concession stand for the Mm -hmm. fridges and preparing the food but there was three shelters at the other end of the park (laughs) which would allow the vendors to be under um, a roof Uh so that if it did rain and the band as well so it was quite spread out which we knew was different than last year but we also had to remember if newcomers were coming in they probably didn't know no, any different and i was one of them <laughs> that's yeah. good yeah. it was that's great good. i'm glad you thought so because it was just it was such um a different experience for us this year we didn't um our main goal was to make sure other people enjoyed it. So to feel like we're changing up everything 24 hours before, it was a little stressful, but um, I still think it, we, we completely dodged the rain. Our um, clearly our prayers to anything that would listen worked because we asked for no rain from five to eight. <laughs> it didn't, it was quite windy. We were not able to do the water lantern release on Lake Bellevue, but um, our hope is either to do that another time mm-hmm. or another year. So while that one um, was probably the most liked piece of our event last year and we didn't get to do that, that was a tough um, little challenge to overcome, but it just wouldn't have been safe with the wind. We tried lighting candles um, to test it out and they just, they wouldn't even light anyway. And then with the waves on the lake. So 
Um, we still really like all of our ideas for it um, and we are going to proceed with all of them. But this year was definitely a challenge. So I'm glad we had a good first year because I feel like <laughs> if this was our experience the first year, I don't know if we would feel encouraged to do it again because really? it was really challenging. I know when I saw you there, because I was looking for you guys and when I saw you there, um, you definitely seemed, you know, just a little bit yeah. rattled. Like you both just seemed a little bit nervous and stuff. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I know. I'm like, so. I don't know what. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was our first experience and I just think it's really, really cool, especially because you do tailor it to kids too. And you have the bouncy house and you have all the fun things. And of course, all the kids love the vendor tables and like, mom, look, I got this like ruler. I'm like, oh, great. You know, like she gets excited about the little trinkets. Yeah. Oh, it was too, like, oh, trust me. tables were We know about poppets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We had a really, a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. I keep saying that poppets and like fidgets are the baseball cards oh, of yeah. today. Oh, it's eclectic. Because they take them to school and they train them. I'm like, what is the pull for it's these so things? What These are so stupid. You know, our parents probably thought them. that about the, you know, all those little cards we traded and things. Yeah, yeah, I know. They love them. They're like Pokemon cards of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So your event was on World, is it National Suicide Day? Yeah. Or, so yeah. that, um, I thought that was really cool that your event kind of coincided with that. And that's part of our topic today is talking about um, the way we talk about death in general, not just in deaths with suicide mm -hmm. um, and how some of the language we use to talk about death might feel like a good option for somebody that is suicidal. So like when we say things like they're in a better place and they're not in pain anymore, how does that talk to somebody that is having suicidal ideations or mm -hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I think that just keeping in mind that we don't know necessarily, you know, you, you may not know what's going on for someone else. And so when you're having those kinds of conversations and those thoughts are already in their mind, I guess, like, how do we change the message? How do we change the language and the message of that? And I don't, I don't necessarily think that language is wrong um, because somebody that has experienced a death outside of suicide or even in, like you want to believe that somebody is in a better place and depending what your religious background is, that might be what you believe and what you know. And I think that's very comforting to a lot of people to believe that somebody that has passed is in a better place. But how do we... You know, it's like, do you screen who you're saying that stuff to, right. you know, or like, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think that stuff is wrong because I like to believe that, that yeah. when people pass that they are not in pain anymore and they're, why would you want to believe any differently, mm -hmm. you know, but also you don't want it to sound um, like encouraging to somebody exactly. that wants out of this earthly side of it, you know, right. I think some of the things that I've like read and just um, my personal thoughts on just people who are in a really dark place is I think sometimes they just don't see the light forward because they just see what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think all three of us could go back in our life and think about some of the dark times we've been in and the light comes back, you know, and um, I think that, you know, when we're, when we're talking about, you know, trying to separate the two, right, like that language, but also when especially if you do know somebody struggles, like having the conversations that, you know, there's going to be hard times. Some days are, are going to be hard, but there are really good days ahead. And like, it's just, it's, it's sad to think that someone doesn't see that that's, 
what they would be robbing themselves of Mm -hmm. if they made that decision. I think too, that's a really good point because maybe it's not the way we talk about death that needs to be changed. Maybe it's the way we talk about life, you know, and like making it seem like there are, this is like all into like ending the stigma. Right. And just talking like there are resources and there, there is light at the end if you're in the darkness. And, you know, I'm in kind of a different spot than I was when we did our first two (laughs) seasons. Whereas I felt like really kind of empowered and like I had a handle on my mental health. And this time I'm coming in and feel like I am in this kind of darker place where I I'm like, do people really want to listen to me? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like we want to take advice from people that have like beat it, but exactly. mental health is not linear, you no. know? And so like, there's no beating it. It's exactly. just, it's just like learning to live with it and cope with it and know that it's going to ebb and flow and wax and wane. And I'm definitely in a little bit of the downswing right now. Um, but I know that this isn't where I'm going to stay and uh, it will get better mm-hmm. and the light will come back. And I think that those are the things that we need to be talking about. Yes. So that other people feel like there is a way to like have the light return, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. And at least what I used to get discouraged about, but we have recently found out um, is exactly that what you said, it's not linear, but also like your coping isn't either. So mm-hmm. like, what I used to do three years ago is much different than what I do now. My problems might be the same, you know, I might have the same anxiety, but how I respond to what I used to do with coping might not work now. And it might just be because, um, relationships changed or life has changed, or you're just at a different age or at a different chapter in your life. So I feel like that's a big piece that I felt discouraged about because I always thought, well, I'm doing this and I'm not getting better anymore. Mm -hmm. So clearly am I getting worse or I just don't know anything else to try. So I feel like understanding too and being open really is just that your coping mechanisms and tools and all these techniques are probably going to have to change along with you. And that's okay. But that's where like this podcast or all of the other resources that there is out there really comes in handy because you might not need them now, but maybe in a year you'll Mm -hmm. need them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that each one will offer you something a little bit different, like, mm-hmm. like a podcast, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to give different perspectives and things that like coping mechanisms that have worked for us. But, you know, you may find some, you know, peace with something like you're reading or something else, you know, so I think just trying to find the different resources that you can and going to the events like you just had last weekend. I mean, that was just so huge for me. You know, it's been 31 years since I lost my dad and I didn't really know the exact like turn of events that were going to happen there. I kind of did that on purpose because I just wanted to go into it and enjoy it. But when you guys had like the fire truck lineup and all the people kind of standing behind it and to walk, like I got extremely emotional in that moment. And my husband put his arm around me and was just like, you know, he knew he didn't even have to, I didn't have to say anything, you know, he just knew. And like, for me, it was really healing, you know? Oh, I'm so glad to hear Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love hearing those stories. Yeah, I remember. I So I didn't get to attend this year um, because I was dealing with a bit of a mental health mm-hmm. crisis. My husband was out of town for almost 19 weeks and um, he was really lonely <laughs> where he was. He, there was um, he was building retaining walls at a restaurant and um, there's people that work at the restaurant, but he really stayed by himself for a, a really long time. And he 
his mental health definitely changed over the summer and I could see that change in him. And that was, I think, part of the reason why I kind of spiraled too is because I just felt like there was nothing I could do for him up there because I can, I can man the home front and I can, I can do the kids and the house and stuff, which is, I mean, my kids are, I love them, but they're not that great for conversation. (laughs) So like I had three people in my house, but I was feeling pretty lonely too. And, um, and so he, this was his last weekend up there. And he, all of a sudden, like the night before the event was like, I really wish you were coming up here so that you could see what I did. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, okay. So then I'm like trying to call people. My in-laws came and got my kids at six o'clock the next morning. And I just left and drove and surprised him, went up there and it was really fun. And I'm glad, glad we did that. But um, I thought that was an interesting move of his because he is very quiet with mental health. I'm, you know, I, I'm on a podcast and I like (laughs) talk about all these mental health issues and he knows that he's like, he knows it as a mental health issue, but he doesn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And he doesn't verbalize what he needs. He's very internalized with that stuff. So then when he was like, I really wish you were coming up that like felt like this red flag to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to go up because he doesn't ask for things like that. And so I was like, Oh shoot, it's over the light up the darkness event, but it's okay. Like this is where I need to be. Um, And it was good. And now he's home and I feel like this kind of light has lifted, but I was, um, what I was getting at was I went last year to the event. And that was one of the things I remembered was the glow sticks for the kids and following the, um, just the line of people going around and how cool that was to open up the conversation with kids yep. about mental health, because we know that how so many of our habits are, you know, started and learned in childhood. And so if we can learn to have conversations about mental health in childhood, what is that going to change, you know, the trajectory for mental health in the future when our kids are adults and Mm -hmm. they're willing to have conversations about things like that. So I Mm -hmm. think that's one of the coolest parts of your event is, yeah, we're helping adults, but we're also like normalizing conversations with kids. Yes. We hope for a day that kids just never, never um, think back to a time that they can remember that they could never talk about stuff like that. Or it's not that they couldn't, but they felt reserved as to who they could talk about it with. You know, like, Mm -hmm. is it my counselor or at school? Or, you know, is it one of my parents or both of my parents? We hope that they just feel comfortable telling anyone. um, Because really, it's we, we are all here for each other in this world. And I feel like we're really getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to that. And it feels so good to see. Um, but yes, with children, it is, that is definitely our goal is so that they can always remember back to when they attended these events and they just know that the voices you hear in your head are completely normal. It's like those, like, you know, when we were younger, like people were like, Oh, like listen to your conscience, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, they also say bad things sometimes, you know, like yeah. you're not good enough or you're a failure. You didn't do enough today and all of these things. So to know that they're not going to not be there, they're still going to be there. It's just learning how to either talk back to them, um, hear them and say, you know, I, you know, no, my, my better, I have, I have louder voices that, um, are saying better things to me, you know, like I'm not, I'm not listening to you right now because they are going to have the good voices and the bad voices. And I feel like all too many times people just say, you know, 
that at some point, you know, when you get better, quote, mm-hmm. you won't have those negative voices anymore. So I feel like that's why a lot of people never feel like they get better. Yeah. And then they go into an I'm getting worse type of a thing because they still have those voices when they're not going to go away. It's just learning that you have um, louder and more powerful voices. That is yourself. And that's telling those um, negative voices that you're just not going to listen to them right now. So yes, children, we are, we are so hoping for their future. And I think it's really going to help. I, lo- I love that. I, um, I've always had this, I don't know what it is. I, I think that they're, I'm trying to protect, I think my kids from, from the word mm-hmm. suicide, you yeah. know, oh, God, yeah. and I've had a hard time with exposing, especially like with our daughter, she's 10. And so she's like, you know, doesn't know enough about that stuff yet. So like, for me, I've always been like, well, when do I have that conversation? Or if it's, if the word comes up on like a, a show on TV or something, I'm like, oh, she'll say, what is that? And I, and I just like turn the channel. Like, I don't want to have, froze, and I think it's yeah. because I'm just like so afraid that if like we have the conversation and she knows what it is, and then she knows that that's an option. And then I just spiral into this, my own like fear and anxiety that this, you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of that's just from my own personal experience with suicide that I'm just like so afraid of anyone in my life ever taking that as an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we know exactly. kids are not exempt from this mm-hmm. and we see it all the time. Like mm-hmm. there are kids that are as young as her that have like, you know, and so you want to have the conversation and you want to make sure the message is being heard correctly and that they understand it so mm-hmm. that you don't have to be a victim of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think having blunt open conversations like that, builds a trust and openness where she would feel like she could come to you to talk about things like that. I was actually just talking to some of my, we have like a group of nursing friends and um, we are all very open about our mental health. And a lot of us struggle in this group and have made it a point to like be open with our kids and talk to our kids. And one of them was saying how um, her child had come to her and was like talking about anxiety and stuff and how cool she thought that was. And she's like, I don't know how I like raised such a cool kid to talk. And I'm like, but don't you feel like it's because did your parents ever openly talk about that with you? And she's like, well, no, I'm like, do you openly talk with him about that? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, that's the difference. You're the difference, right? Mm Because you talk to him about it and he felt comfortable and like you were a safe place and like it wasn't weird to talk about those things it's just it's normal those are just normal pieces of our lives there is nobody that escapes without you know having this ebb and flow even people that say I don't struggle with mental (laughs) health they they might not struggle Mm -hmm. with mental health but they have bad mental health days right you know it's not you don't have a hundred percent happy days in your entire Mm -hmm. life. So, um, I think it's, that was just like paid homage to like, it's you, right. It's the adults making conversation for kids that make it not weird to talk about mental health. And like you said, the, the incidence of suicide is getting younger. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think partly that's because social media and just the way kids are connected and the internet and the things that they see, um, it makes social media is cool, but I think it also like, it makes life harder sometimes Mm -hmm. for younger kids. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that having those conversations with, with our kids, make them more comfortable to come to us. And then also incorporating, like we were talking about 
making sure that we're changing the, the language about like what life is. And when they mm-hmm. come to us and say, I am in this dark place and I am struggling and that you can say, okay, what, like there's things we can do. And you, like you said, I love what you were saying about the voices in your head and how there's like more powerful voices than the ones that are telling us dark things. Right. Mm-hmm. So like teaching them, how do we listen to the correct voices and, and showing them that like there is a way out of that spot and so I, I don't know, I kind of like how this conversation turned this episode from like talking about death and more like talk, how do we talk? But about I think life? that's the, yeah. I think that's our message, right? Like to focus on life and not focus on death. Um, you know, it's, we have to be real that it is, it's part of life, right? Death is a part of life, but yeah, I think just changing the message and what we're focused on and just having the open communication with our kids and what you're what you're doing, having these events where kids are coming and they're seeing, you know, people gathered and they understand, you know, what is happening. I think the biggest thing that really hit home for for us, especially my husband, who he doesn't really he he says he you know he doesn't have mental health. He doesn't struggle with mental health. Self-proclaimed so happy guy. He's just a happy guy, yeah. And I mean yeah, he may not it's like, like that. That just made me think of you know that real. It's like I'm a happy dog. I'm yeah, happy, 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 happy. that's yeah. We could make it for him, but I think he and so he's never really been one to sit down and, and have the conversation about mental health because he's you know he's exempt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that night you had a board there of oh of people. It was like a memory board, and I put a post it with my dad and his date on there. I did oh, and lit the candle that blew out like two seconds. Yeah. Later. Um, <laughs> But there was a post-it right there that had showed the night before the date and that my husband, like, I don't, it really hit him. It really, really, he just like, I think in that moment realized like, oh my gosh, like this is like a day ago Mm -hmm. and how heartbreaking, you know? And how like important and powerful that your event is too, because you know what? It's the responsibility of people that don't struggle with mental health too, to make sure that they understand and are willing to talk to people you know and i think the the message is not like we need to be focusing on how do we get through not how do we get out you know yeah so yeah the grow through what you go through we talk about that Mm -hmm. and that these are circumstantial a lot of the times i mean you know there's no way to know right because anyone who has already done that and have taken their own lives like you know it would be nice to know like okay how many of those people actually quote unquote had mental health diagnosis maybe not maybe not all of them maybe only a certain percentage maybe someone were just really having a bad day and did not see the light Mm -hmm. right and so i think that's the stigma we have to get away from is that anyone who does that or would think that has a mental health disorder. No, like we could all have good days, bad days. And some people just circumstantially cannot see themselves out of it. Right. No, you're exactly right on it because what Kylie and I try and um, express to people as much as we can with this event is that while not everyone would have um, or may have a mental illness, everybody has mental health, just like physical health. So I might not have a knock on wood, broken leg, but I still have physical health, you know, so I don't have a physical injury, but I, I still have my physical health and it's the same with your brain. You know, you might not have a mental illness, you might not have um, clinically diagnosed depression or anxiety or whatever it is, but everyone still has their mental health because even those, you know, really happy people, like there's got to be one day 
that you just didn't feel like yourself. Or maybe there were circumstances where you really needed to take extra care of yourself. You know, maybe um, it was because of a death or maybe in the family or a friend, or maybe you lost your job or maybe you were switching jobs. It, it could be any life experience, but there had to been some time in your life where you had to take care of yourself a little extra because you were just feeling certain ways. And that goes back to your mental health. You know, all your feelings, all your experiences, it is all mental health. So we do try and, and hopefully um, get through to some people who are on the other side of the fence of just not understanding why it needs to be talked about. There's, you know, there's people who, I don't struggle with that, but I'm so glad you guys are talking about it. And then there's people who are like, well, I don't struggle with it. So I don't feel like it needs to be talked about, you know, and I get it. You know, if you don't experience it, how can you relate? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But they do, even those people, they still have that mental health. So it's such a, I don't know. It's such a, so complex. it really is, you Mm -hmm. know, and I feel like, you know, you guys are doing a really great job too starting this podcast because at least like I have a 40 minute drive to work. So like I'm like listening to it because (laughs) then I can go to work with it. And it's things like this where you don't have to take additional time out of your day. Like that drive I would have done anyway. So Mm -hmm. in order to get some of this Mm -hmm. content in there, that was really helpful. So I think you guys are really doing a good job with that as well. Yeah. Thanks. That, so that, um, point that you just made about, um, people that don't struggle, and just like not quite understanding why it needs to be talked about it it reminds me of like like mom shaming right yeah, when bef- like if you don't have kids and you're watching a, a child like have a tantrum or something in a restaurant and then the mom gives them their phone or something to watch youtube to calm them down and then you're thinking i would never do that if i had kids i would never get give my youtube to a kid to calm them down but like sometimes you, you have to do this, these like survival things that work for you. And if you, the only person that truly knows what's going on in someone's head is themselves, right? Like you, you're the only person that's walked in your shoes. You have people that have walked with you, but you're the only one that's been in your shoes. And so sometimes you have to do things that strategies that work for you and not feel ashamed by the people that just don't understand. And I think I don't know. It just, it reminded me of like handing a a YouTube Mm -hmm. (laughs) device to a kid in a restaurant. And because I have gotten shamed for that before and just, I don't know. I, I think that we all, we all just have to like get through in, in the way that, that works for us and your strategies might be different than somebody else. And if somebody doesn't understand I don't know, like, is it our responsibility to help them understand? Maybe, maybe that would help change the language too, but you're not always in a place where you can educate people. So what I'm getting at is just that maybe people that don't struggle with mental health, like it it is your, your responsibility to like try and understand and Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I think that with all the things that now, I mean, just looking at 2022 and, and the different avenues people are using, like we're using this podcast, you're using, you know, your light up the darkness event and your social media. I see posts all the time. I think that there's just a lot more being brought forward and people are seeing it more. And so those people who don't struggle or don't understand why we talk about it eventually, like it's, it's just being talked about now, like, you know, yeah. and I think that we're helping make that progress. And I, and I love being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
Well, I think we are getting towards the end of um, our episode recording today. So we're just going to wrap up this one. But Jessica, we're so excited to have you, you with us. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited you, to be a part of it. I'm like listening to you talk and I'm like, man, she was born to be a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm um, like a mental health advocate. She's wearing a mental health sweater. I, I, I feel like wear it and just like be in the mode today. It's <laughs> so perfect. She has a sweatshirt on that says mental health is health. And that I, is absolutely uh, true. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, thank you guys. This well, is fun. It'll yeah. be a great season. Yes. Thanks so much. so much for joining us for our third season of the heart and home podcast we'd love it if you'd share this podcast with a friend just so we can spread the word of mental health and if you could give us a follow on instagram so we can spread awareness there as well thank you so much and we'll see you soon